0: Welcome to episode number 28 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've got Cassie Lane, CRNA here, and if you have been in the Side Hustles for APRNs group or you've seen any of my YouTube videos, you know that I've talked with Cassie about how she has built an empire with her med spa, Cassie Lane Aesthetics in Richmond, Virginia, and also with her injectablesedu.com business, where she acts as a mentor for other advanced practice nurses who want to build injectables businesses. So I am so glad to have her on today. We're going to talk a little bit about how she got started and really what she's been doing over the past uh, year or so in terms of taking her business and getting it up and off the ground. So... I know this is going to be so supportive for you because for those of you who are out there thinking about doing something with Botox or thinking about getting started, now is the time. We know that there is so much interest and a trend that is going toward creation of med spas and IV hydration businesses, and Cassie is the perfect person to help you on that journey if you're interested. So without further delay, here's Cassie, and get your pens out, get your paper, take some notes. And let's go. Yay. Okay. We've got another really fantastic um conversation today with Cassie Lane. Uh and this is gonna be a good one. Now, this is the best part that Cassie and I met. I actually I'm trying to actually think how if it was in the side hustles group.
1: Yeah, I think was I it think in so?
0: Okay. And I think I, maybe I reached out to you and said like, this was- No, a- I
1: reached out to you. You were like, does anybody want to be um, on the Facebook live? And I was like, me, You're like, <laughs> you yep, obviously I- were not being very discerning because then you let me be on it.
0: <laughs> no, no, I remember we did a part one. I think we did a part two. And I didn't
1: I- realize how legit it was. Like I was like in my car for the first <laughs> one. And I, just, I didn't really, I thought it was a more casual thing than what it was. So no, it, was,
0: I, it was fine, but you came on, you were very you were a very willing participant. As <laughs> always, you came on, we had a conversation. Uh, and and then I, I think we did another round and we put those up on YouTube and and what I think is, is fascinating and so exciting to witness is the growth that you've you know had in your business since we had those uh, you know initial conversations. So I want to talk, so let's start first, you know, I've got Cassie Lane here, Cassie, introduce yourself, tell people a little bit who you are, and then we're going to, you know, get off to the races in terms of conversation.
1: Yeah. Um. Just quick on my background. I've been a nurse anesthetist for about a decade. Um, I uh, originally got into aesthetics when I found out that one of my really good friends was getting Botox. I had no idea. And then I kind of found out like, oh, every all my friends are doing this around me and I didn't know and I immediately was drawn to the the clinical side of it and the needles and the anatomy um with my background I really had started to think very entrepreneurial and um and my head was just kind of seeing these opportunities I thought I I'd be good at this and so I took a class hit the ground running um and just really have hustled um it's now been about three plus years. Um, And and I mentioned that because it's not been that long. And I think at this point too, I like to point out that it doesn't have to be this decade long slog to have success also, especially when you really dedicate yourself to something. Um, I started really early kind of, as I was going through my own process of launching my own aesthetics practice um, a blog website, which is in edu.com, Um, Because when I was lifting all this up, there was literally zero free information about starting your own aesthetics practice or um, how you do Botox, not clinically, but the kind of business side, which as clinicians, we have zero idea how to do that. Um, so mostly the business elements and I didn't know exactly where that website would go, but I knew there was a need for it. So I just kind of, um, went along with that and wrote a ton of free articles and stuff about it. And that's done really well. And people just kept being like, do you offer training? And that's how my training came along in this idea of, you know, this is how you get started, not only clinically with Botox, but also with your business, which, literally like no other training company does they're willing to show you how to, um, physically put a needle in somebody's face, which is for us as clinicians, very straightforward. I think we know how to learn anatomy and we know how to put needles in. Um, and they're just leaving people completely hanging with any ongoing mentorship. They're leaving them hanging on how to actually get accounts set up and how to make sure that you're actually making money doing this. Um, so yeah, so now I I teach hands-on classes, I teach them online classes. And um since we first met, it's definitely taken hold in my practice in Richmond, Virginia. My aesthetics practice has grown a lot as well as injectables EDU.
0: So is, tell everybody what the name of your practices. <laughs> Cassie Lane Aesthetics. Good. Okay. And um, and then so can we just like can we just hold on, like, uh, go back a little bit. So I want to just review. So you, here you are like
1: just, you know, slugging along CRNA work. You were working full-time, right? Yeah. I do usually like an average day for me, I would do anesthesia for like 20, maybe up to 24 patients a day doing endoscopies. So like endoscopy colonoscopy. So I had a very, I would say I was a little bit bored and tapped out. Okay. I didn't dislike it, but I was, you know, very, very repetitive.
0: Okay. So you're like doing your endoscopies, your colonoscopies. You're like, I'm good. And then did you, I mean, just looking back, let's say five years ago, did you have any idea that in five years you would be the owner of Cassie Lane Aesthetics, practicing with a brick and mortar, having started essentially off doing like mobile right? Like mm-hmm. injections. And I mean, are you surprised by where you are today versus if we looked back at, you know, the Cassie who was sitting there like on her 18th endoscopy <laughs> of the day, you know, I mean, would she yeah. be surprised about where you are today?
1: Oh, shocked. Yeah. I I think I've already exceeded what my initial goals and expectations were for where this um, business would, would take me, but Um, if you, if you would have five years ago told me I would be spending my days injecting Botox and fillers, I would have just thought that that was nuts. Um, and now I'm completely obsessed, but I, I do have to admit what brings me probably the most joy is the business side. And maybe that's why I focus so much of my training to other providers, um, is because as much as I love, you know, injecting, um, I think the real challenge comes in running a business and marketing and all of the big picture stuff, rather than the, you know, direct skill that I'm doing. Why? I think it's just like anything, the more you do it, uh, it, it can become a little bit repetitive, but in running and growing your business, there's never, it's never gets old it's always something new, a new thing to grow, something you're excited about, something you're working on. Um, I think that's what draws me to it so much.
0: hmm Do you, so it's almost like for you monotony or uh, we could say, um, skill acquisition or, um, competency results in you and boredom for you maybe.
1: Yeah, that might be true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great thing to notice about yourself because I, I agree. I was just thinking about this on my walk this morning. I was listening to some podcast and I was thinking about how, you know, you, it's hard to be in entrepreneurship or in a side hustle or doing something that's really pushing you outside of your uh, comfort zone. If you are not agreeable to being pushed outside of your comfort zone, or if you're not, if you're the person, because, you know, I mean, think of it. It's, I always have this conversation with when I used to do CV work with all the travel nurses and I'd be like, look, there's a reason that a lot of nurses don't travel. Like they couldn't, like a lot of nurses would be like, no, I can't. I can't go into a facility and not know how to access the EMR, not know where the OR is, not know where the supply cost. Like it would just drive them. They like could not tolerate that level of change and demonstrate the needed flexibility to succeed in a new unit every 12 weeks. Like they they it's not for everybody. So I think it's good to just be aware of by yourself. Like, oh yeah, I kind of like a challenge. I'm not scared of a challenge. I like a challenge. When things get routine, I get a little bored. That's good. Good for you. Um, so five years ago, you're humming along, no idea that you're gonna, you're a little bit bored, but you're like, all of a sudden, what? Wasn't it like somebody called you and was like, I can't get into my. I can't get into my appointment or something. Can you do it for me?
1: No, that, that specific thing didn't happen. I think it's like anything where it feels, it seems like there's this click that's an overnight, like, but I think for me it was for a couple years ahead of time, I had gotten really into personal finance and learned a lot more about personal finance. And that had really become like a big passion of mine. And we started doing, um, we had a second home and we started doing short-term rentals like Airbnb, VRBO. So I kind of learned a lot about business through all of that. So I kind of, we got our personal finances really straight which I think is a good strong place to start when you're thinking about starting any business that I don't recommend anybody overlooks. Cause if your personal finances are a mess you're not gonna have a successful business. Um, And, and so I think it it slowly, but that's how I ended up in this Botox and fillers. It it was kind of a longer haul from personal finance to dabbling in entrepreneurship with these rentals. And then we were pretty interested in um, real estate, but then it's interesting because that came back around and now I own my own office. So we did end up investing, you know, in property and now that's its own LLC that I pay rent to myself. So that's fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So and then how about in your brick and mortar currently? Do you is that something where you lease out space to anybody else who's looking for a space or
1: yeah. So we have been deciding what to do because it's got a downstairs and an upstairs. I'm technically in the upstairs right now in my office. Um, but I think I'm gonna convert the upstairs instead into a, a training facility. Um, that is going to double as also two treatment rooms as needed for the spa. Like as we are getting bigger, I'm like, you know, I think we can, we can use this space. Good for you. Okay.
0: So tell me, when did you, are you still doing any work as a CRNA now?
1: I am. I do between two to four shifts a month. Um, and I feel like realistically, I don't have the time to do that but it's, it's still my safety blanket. And I do love anesthesia. It's not to say I didn't enjoy that. Um, I it's interesting because this goes so hand in hand, what we want to talk about. I think I always consider myself incredibly lucky that I had a job that like, I enjoyed the people that I worked with and I, I enjoyed my job to a certain extent and it paid me well. And like that thought that there could be, like unlock this next level of really being so passionate and like living for what you do. I felt like that was like this dream that was sold to people. I feel so corny saying this, but I felt like this was like something that was sold to us to almost more make us feel unhappy, right? Like you should be so maybe similar to what we expect our marriage is going to have to be or whatever that if it doesn't meet this like awesome off the charts thing that you should be unhappy about it. I just kind of thought the idea of waking up and loving what you do was an unrealistic expectation. And now I feel that 100%. I don't ever feel like I'm working anymore. I thought that saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I just thought that was kind of BS.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until when? Until you were like, oh
1: shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, What's your version of living the good life? Um, we were talking offline a little bit about this before we started talking. I think the ideal living a good life is setting your own schedule, having the flexibility to do what you think is important. Um, And I think what you think is important fluctuates uh, based on where you're at. Sometimes we were talking about how sometimes really doubling down and focusing on your business is what is top priority. Sometimes it's going to be doubling down and focusing on your family or, your health or whatever it may be. um, I feel like it's very hard to do multiple of those things at a time. Um, I think when I first came into running my own business, I set out a schedule for myself, which was like, I would do anesthesia two days a week. I would do aesthetics two days a week. And I'd have one day in the middle of the week to kind of take care of my household and do laundry and clean. And that's how I envisioned my ideal kind of schedule. And in my office, I do two days of admin. I do one day of um, anesthesia. And I do really like having that diversity in what my week looks like and time to work on my business. Um, when you're working 40 hours a week inside your business, you're having a very hard time keeping up and growing it um, and doing things like taking care of employees and meetings and all you know, all that stuff takes time and dedication. So then what, okay. All right. So
0: you gave a generic answer, which I'm going to accept, <laughs> you know, half of now. What, so then what really is then your version of living a good life? Like, what is that? I'm not talking, is it realistic? I'm not talking, is it where you are today? Like, what does it look like? Like, how does it look and feel? And what is that what is that magic combination for you?
1: A big goal of mine was to be able to take a trip with my family, every an extended trip with my family every year. And we did that last year. We have planned to do it this year and then we didn't. Um, and just, I think that, it, that extended time to get away and check out and really connect on a deeper level um, and experience something new and exciting and different Um, that's, I think my kind of where our ultimate goal is, is to take those nice dedicated trips. Like instead of you have two weeks of vacation for a year and you go to Hawaii for seven days and, and two days are spent traveling and it's more stressful than it is, um, rejuvenating like that doesn't appeal to me. So the idea of going and like living in Hawaii for six weeks, or something like that and getting that full experience. I think that in my mind is what I'm really working towards. And we did that one year and I really loved it. And we have that on the docket, a somewhat scaled back version of that for next year. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what happens to you then when you have your four six week or you know, two month kind of time together as a family, what does that do for you as a human?
1: Uh, I, that it, I guess it just fills your cup back. And it reminds you that what, what I do think is the most important in our lives is our relationships, um, and our family and that you do see your, your kids. It's like you blink and they are getting older. Um, I, it's important to me to spend the time with them where they still want to spend time with us. But yeah, I think, um, it's easy to get very distracted away from what we all know is the most important thing, which is other humans in our life. But it's hard to really uphold that in our day in day out life. And I'm very guilty of this.
0: Why? How do you mean? Like what? Give me an example.
1: Um, Of, oh, I've got this client who wants to come in and they can, they can only come in at 6 PM, you know, and you're making that choice to do that instead of be home for dinner. Right. It's a little infraction if you will but you know this is good client I know she's going to come in and you know this is going to be a good money maker so if you were to ask any of us myself included what's more important to you you know money or time with your family we're all like well we're doing this most of us to be able to enjoy our family and enjoy our lives um so but in that moment when you made that choice to stay for the client you you didn't go with what you ultimately say your values are. And I think that all those decisions over and over again, add up. Yeah.
0: And, and too, I think there's, you know, like we talked a little bit uh, before that there's a season for it, right? Like sometimes it serves you to be the person who accepts the 6 PM client. Sometimes it doesn't serve you, especially Mm -hmm. when you notice that multiple infractions are leading to a pattern and a pattern's leading to you know, a result that you are not satisfied with, right? Whether it's a deteriorating relationship with your kids, your partner, uh, or it's the fact that, you know, you take a 6 p.m. client and then instead of going home to cook dinner, you end up going to grab something for takeout. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're noticing, I don't know, maybe your weight go up or something like that, right? It's all about, I think, results and, and then making a choice based on whether or not those results serve you or whether they don't. Um, and I think it's always interesting for any business owner at, at one point to say, "Well, I, you know, maybe this worked for me in the beginning as I was getting going, as I was filling up my spots and creating more revenue and creating a buzz. Maybe for me now, it it does not it does not serve me in the same way."
1: Yeah, when um, there's a reason, it's called side hustle because you you do have to hustle, and the success doesn't come without sacrifices made at certain times and places and and all that. So balance, I, I think is not totally something that's attainable, but I think it's being intentional with where you're focusing more than thinking that you can realistically have everything in this perfect balance.
0: Yeah. And I think balance gets to this idea of like, it's gotta be 50, 50. Cause if it's 49, 51, it's not balanced almost like two scales. And that I just think is such an outdated concept I and mean, it doesn't work for a lot of people because, you know, there's no right balance, you know, like if 50, 50 is right. And then anytime you're veering into 45, 55, it's wrong. It's going to cause a lot of suffering for a lot of people, number one. And then number two, you know, I just, I, it's like starting off as a new CRNA or, you know, I, I imagine this is your experience as it was for me as a CNM, which is like, you know, the, those first couple of years, those were, those were very challenging years for me just to become, you know, uh, like to trust myself and to become proficient and to really get, you know, good at birth. And, you know, it takes time and there's just ups and downs. There's no fucking balance. Like there's like the balance is out the goddamn window, uh, you know, so right. The key for us, I think is we find some level of compassion for yourself. We find some level of what you're okay with. And then, you know, you do, you commit to doing your best and going all in. And that's about, you know, what more can you ask for kind of a thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And we all come back to like your typical things like imposter syndrome as a mother feeling guilty when, you know, God forbid the father is carrying more of the load, how, how either it's perceived externally or how sometimes you think it's being perceived externally, whether it is, or isn't, mm-hmm. you know, there's many, many layers of, um, constant things you're dealing with. But I was seeing, you know, nurse midwife and birth and anesthesia with like death. I mean, these are very high stakes things, they're really, really high stress. Hopefully most people are so crushed by those first couple of years. I mean, with Botox and fillers, it is very stressful, but it's a different type of stress than I experienced before. Um so
0: yeah, I would agree with you. And I think too It's interesting. I talk a lot about that with clients about, you know, if you apply the same lens, if you like, you know, before we were talking about, um, before we got on about, you know, having kind of assigning a level of acuity to, you know, which projects you're going to take on and which are personal, which are professional, and then trying to avoid for those of us who find it harder to balance or harder to manage having a big personal project, you know, whatever that may be, plus a big professional project that that can feel really overwhelming, can feel very destabilizing for a lot of people. But interestingly, um, if you find that you're, you know, in that space of, well, um, you know, I've got a, oh shit, I totally just lost my train of thought. I have no idea where I was going with that. I was thinking about, (laughs) I was like, I was thinking about life and death. And I was like, think, oh, I know, I know, I know, here I'm back, here I'm back, it's fine. So I, you know, when we all of a sudden then start to apply that old lens of acuity, and I think if you're in a profession where, yes, it is, the stakes are high and acuity can be high, you may take that lens and then apply it to the things that are non-emergent, non-urgent, right? You may be like, everybody's going to the OR. And like, no, like actually nobody's going to the OR. Like, (laughs) you know I mean? Sometimes I think about that with my clients. I'm like, oh, I got to answer the email back. I'm like, no. This is not a life or death situation. It's not. It's just not. It's, I don't know. Slack message needs to be sent beyond 5 p.m. (laughs) It just doesn't. It doesn't need to happen on the weekends. There is nothing emergent in coaching. I I mean, maybe once in a blue moon if somebody's having like a terrible moment. But like, for the most part, still, what's the worst that happens? Your brain feeds you a lot of bullshit. You have a good cry. And then, you know, we get back to business. But um, but it's interesting to to notice that to notice oh when do I apply that lens of it's really high stakes it's really important it feels like we're literally about ready to go for an emergent uh, case and then you're like
1: (laughs) all right actually sometimes you have to be like guess what no baby's gonna die on the other side of this like say and it is hard because everything I think there's a certain amount of stress that we have in our body and it doesn't it almost in some ways matter if it's a life and death situation or something way scaled back it's more about like how we respond as people like what our personalities are prone to how mm-hmm. strongly we perceive it or react we've got to have pretty. something to be stressed and upset about even when there's not that much
0: always there's always that baseline of stress normal um okay tell me um tell me this so What's the kind of most enjoyable thing that you found about, you know, running your business? And then what's the part that you're like, this shit's for the birds, like get me the fuck (laughs) out of here.
1: (laughs) Um, my favorite part has been this feeling of passion and, um, dedication and just enjoyment in my work. I can't tell you how many times that I'm like, I'm working right now. Like me and you are just like chatting and, I, I just love connecting with you so much and we're working right now. This is our job, but my job has now become so much of it, connecting with other people, helping people feel better about themselves. And, and when you find this connection with other people who are entrepreneurs, like we are, we don't even know each other in real life. We know each other through this type thing, but it's like, our, our spirits are very aligned on the dedication and passion for what we do. And um, it's just like a real connection. Um, I feel like, and so this feeling of like, I'm working right now, like I'm hanging out with, you know, an, an employee and I'm after this call, I'm going to do like a training and have one of my, um, new injectors. She's a nurse practitioner do a laser treatment on my face. Like I'm going to be working then. So that surreal feeling of like, I'm working right now, but it feels like so much of what I do is really fun. Um, for the birds is that you can never disconnect. Um, and, and it's from sun up to sundown. I think at least mentally, I'm often, my mind is on my business no matter where I am. Um, and I enjoy it so much. I think some things that I used to enjoy, I get less pleasure out of because now I love doing this so much. Um, and the other thing is just like that necessary thing of like, not every client that comes through my door. Am I going to really enjoy that interaction? That's the same as other, other jobs as well.
0: Yeah. Right. So if you have to start delegating as you grow in order to help yourself realize your next, you know, get to that next stage of like the good life for you, what does that look
1: like? Yeah. I think the next stage of good life is, is continuing to, um, be able to delegate more of like the day in day out of seeing clients in my office, getting office really profitable and have it be less dependent on my actual man hours of injecting. I always see myself being an injector in my practice, but I want it to have a lot of flexibility so I can do the things like be gone for two months. Um, We're planning and, and focus on whatever it is the evolution of my business. Like right now, I'm planning with my mentor, we're planning a, a conference in Orlando in this upcoming April. Um, and it's just for advanced practice providers and aesthetics, called like the APP Aesthetics Summit. And I'm really excited about that project right now because it's going to be only 100 people. Um, and it is for advanced practice providers who want to really hone in on their business. There's going to be clinical aspect, like an intro class that people can opt to take as well, but it's really gonna be business oriented. And it's this feeling of like you belong here. I think in aesthetics, I've always felt a little bit like intimidated to go to these conferences because, like, if I hadn't met a certain amount of success or if I didn't look a certain way. So I'm excited to provide a space where it's like you, you belong here. Um, That's one project I'm just really excited about right now. So being able to work on those things more um, as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And even, I
0: think it's interesting that you, that you go for that more. And I wonder, you know, what, if it's the complexity of it, or if it's just the, like the, the connection that's afforded when you begin to um, go outside or, or like take an idea and go put together some sort of a retreat or a conference and be like create a platform, so to speak for people to connect, um, and to create safe space and belonging and community. And it's interesting, right. To be the person who goes to the conferences and feels maybe whether it's, um, um, inferiority maybe, or like insufficiency, like I'm, or I'm the imposter syndrome. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, like the right person to be here because I'm not making enough money. And then on the flip side, say, but how could I, if I desired to be a person who created more connection and community and support, what could that look like? And then to go forward and build it, which is fantastic. And no wonder that you're like, oh yeah, injecting, you know, I like injecting. I am more interested on the, um, you know, the growth from a different angle. Maybe that doesn't require me to be in that one-to-one. It's like being in the OR doing endoscopies. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like the case can't start without a CRNA, right? Like it's like your Botox injector can't start. Right. And so being the person who says, oh yeah, now I get to put somebody into that, that place so that I can free up my time to do the things that are my zone of genius, having conversations,
1: building rapport, building community. Um, Yeah. No, good for you. So I love teaching too. I think that's one overall tie, even um in the OR, I always loved having students. And I feel like one of my strengths is that I have a good balance of being able to give the person space to do and learn. Like I'm not too like high strung. It's kind of like, I have a lot of patience. I feel like for teaching um, and also have the ability to let somebody stick somebody else with the needle and help them do it safely, but not, it's really easy to overtake people. Like if somebody's not getting the airway that you're just like, give me that, you know what I mean? But like, they're not learning anything and you've just taken them down like a big notch. Um, so find. I don't know. I, that's something I always love teaching people. And it's funny describing all the connection stuff. Cause I think of myself as more of a shy person. And maybe that's why I, I, desire these more like true, deeper relationship than like a superficial, um, you know, look at me aesthetics type thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Have you ever done a Clifton
1: Strengths? I have not. I have yeah, not. That's
0: what I have all my clients do because it, um, it, it gives you a sense of just how you show up to, a, to the party in general, the party of life right? And then it helps you break down, you know, am I a relationship builder? Am I an executor, a strategic thinker, an influencer? I have my um, uh, suspicions on what you are, but I won't say it until you go and take it. But (laughs) it's a great assessment to be able to look at yourself. And I think too, as you begin to grow, the other benefit of that is also, again, always focusing on where's my zone of genius and what do I bring to this business that is very unique and brilliant and no one else brings to it so that, you know, you can then build a team and hire to support you in that, right? Like if you are the person who's like, I love to create the opportunities, the platforms and the connection and the relationships um, from a very authentic standpoint, right? Then you may also be the person who's like, you know, then I hire in for, for somebody to help me with strategy. And I hire in for somebody to help me with influencing on social media. And then I hire in for, you know, somebody to help me with maybe more of the routine tasks, like the actual injecting or the doing of the actual work. And then I keep my small subset of patients who I just keep on the side because I love them. And I like to see them and we chat and I do their, you know, fillers and we're done. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because I think for evolution of any business owner, if you want to be a person, I think who's, uh, living the good life, then I think it always comes down to where's my zone of genius versus my zone of excellence. Um, and where's the work that really makes a difference in this business. And then how do I build the team to support it gradually, you know, taking myself a little bit more out, a little bit more out of the business to help it so that it can even run, maybe even at some point without
1: me. And you're in the same spot as me, which it's. I feel like we're in somewhat difficult jobs or uh, fields to phase yourself out, right? Because a coach is like an injector, injector, which is also like a uh, somebody who cuts your hair. Like you're very trusting of this person, and it's not so easily a skill that's transferable. Um, so it's hard to if somebody is coaching with you, it would be really hard to transition them to somebody else even though you train them, you know they're just as awesome um, I don't know versus other fields where I think it might be a little easier to to phase yourself out.
0: Well, and I think it depends because if you're a person who values connection and you value kind of going deep with somebody in terms of a relationship, then you may think right for that that it is hard. But what I would also say is I mean one of the exercises that I work a lot with clients on, And that we talk a lot in businesses in general is that people don't buy me. They don't buy, you know, they're not looking to buy me so much as they desire results. They desire, right? Like they come looking for, you know, a smooth forehead and, and, and yes, do they have a desire probably if they have a good connection with you, if they want to have that? Yes. But remember, I mean not right. Some of your clients will come in and they're like, I don't give a fuck who injects me. I know that the quality is good here at Cassie Lane Aesthetics because Cassie hires the best. And I'm going to trust all of them to get me. But what I really fucking want is the smooth forehead. And I want to make sure that, you know, my, like, well, I don't know my troughs or whatever the fuck glabella. I don't know. You guys have all these goddamn <laughs> names for these things, but that they're, you know, that they're smooth, that I've, you know, minimized my wrinkles. I have some more fill in my cheeks and my lips look hot. I don't know, you know, so, but yeah. right. They want their results. And so that's very often it's a little bit of just looking like, oh, I have a thought that people want a relationship with me. They may, they may not. But what we always know is if they're willing to put down money for it, they do desire a result.
1: That's true. Right? And I have to admit, the injectors that work with me are much objectively nicer than me. <laughs> Sometimes if somebody's misbehaving, I'm like, we need to send, we need to send mean mommy in. And that's me. Ah, uh, yeah, right.
0: You're like, I know my role. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just very honest, um, but anyways, yeah, that's an intro, that is a good point. It's funny how we tell ourselves, we have our own stories about what other people. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's, it's normal, right? I mean, this is it's totally normal. Nothing's gone wrong. And I think it's a great, it's always a really good reminder of, you know, I just had this conversation with a client last week and she was like, we were talking about, you know, well, what do they buy? And she was like, well, they're buying me. And I was like, no, they're buying their results. They always buy people always come. They don't, I don't go to Best Buy to buy Best Buy. I don't even who the fuck even goes to Best Buy anymore. I don't even know why that came up, but I don't go to, <laughs> right. Like I don't walk into Best Buy to buy Best Buy. I go and buy a TV. It just so happens to be sold at Best Buy.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh. Right. Yeah. Like I, I didn't or... even have any... oh, sorry. No, I no. I haven't even talked about aesthetics at all although no, that's not surprising because I think any um entrepreneurship venture the ultimate issues that you run into are the same and and what you're doing it's to some extent um my my mentor refers to it as the widget you know and it's, you know, putting somebody to sleep is the widget injecting somebody's face with Botox is the widget mm-hmm. um Coaching people for you is the widget. You know, it's it's everything else around it that you don't foresee is the most challenging part of owning a business. Oh yeah, I
0: mean, I it's so funny, and you're. I wonder if you share this, which is like, I could I can coach. I have my limit in terms of you know I've about five hours on Zoom a day, and beyond that, I'm fried. Like I'm just no I'm no good. So, but I know my limit. And, but if you put me in, you know, five days a week and I have conversations for five hours a day, five days a week, um, it might actually be a little too much, maybe like three to four days a week, but I'm happy. Like that's the shit that I love to do. And then Facebook ads come around and I'm like,
1: Oh, God!
0: you know, like all of a sudden I'm like, all right, it feels like pulling teeth to do strategy. And Yeah. And I've just learned over the years, like, oh yeah, I can do like the things that are easy. Great. Go ahead and do them. And then show yourself compassion for the other things that seem really, really hard or feel like a stretched base on, you know, my personal strengths, which are that I can have conversations all fucking day. Like easy, easy peasy coaching. Love it. Super easy. Um, but I love that. Yeah. Just thinking about Oh yeah, the widget probably easy. Mm-hmm. All the things that make the widget possible, mm-hmm. all the things the that the make the widget let
1: yeah, profitable. Let you what your
0: joy is, yeah, yes, exactly. Because that's probably that. It's a great. I think it's a really good um, reminder for anybody who's either doing a side hustle or starting a practice or in a practice, like looking, doing, taking uh, an assessment. What do I love? What, what, you know, is for the birds, what's in between and how much time do I spend in any of those activities?
1: And does that- it make sense for you to be spending your time. You have to see your time more and more as if it was being used differently, how could you make more revenue? And if it's not monetary, how could it be serving you better? type of deal because it doesn't, in my opinion, make sense for you to be doing your own Facebook ads because you're also not going to be the expert. Like I, I have no issue hiring people in like I, my spa is decorated so beautifully. And people ask me all the time, like, Oh my gosh, did you do all this? I'm like, no, this would not look anything like this if I did it because guess what? I'm not an interior designer. Like, did you put yourself to sleep for your surgery? No, because you, you it's, we're expected to like be able to know how to make a beautiful website and do Facebook ads and do all this marketing and stuff. It seems like we can just jump in and decorate in med spa. And I think that's an unrealistic expectation. And then you get subpar results because you're you're not the expert in it. And it makes sense to us when we say like, I can't just jump in and deliver somebody's baby. Somebody else can't just jump in and know how to inject Botox or filler. And for people who do marketing and Facebook ads and websites and decorating, that's their specialty. And they're, if you're lucky, they're very good at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
0: I, it's always a balance, I think too, in terms of what's right. Again, always coming back to this question of, does it serve you? Right. Like I have no problem tinkering with things in my business, whether it's a Facebook ad and particularly because I really like the uh, as an executor, I like to be able to do, and I don't like waiting for people. And I like to understand the 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 back end of my business so that I can very comfortably hand it off to someone and say, "This is where it's failing. I'm not right." But it takes a certain level of expertise for me to get to that point of, "This is where it's failing. This is where I need some added support. Go to town on it, and then I want you to teach me how to do it." So in a pinch, I could. Am I going to do it long term? probably, maybe, maybe not all coming de- back to, does it serve me? And I have to admit the other portion, I think that's interesting of, you know, living the good life. I, we, I think I talked about this with, um, Ebony time about how, who I had in the podcast. And we were talking about how sometimes there are things in business that are vomit inducing and they're hard. And sometimes, right. It's also good to be in that position because the reality is um, if you get into business thinking, like you know, I'm going to spend all of my time doing the things that I love, and you get to one of these tasks that feels literally vomit-inducing because it's so hard, it's a great practice to become the person who's able to tolerate the vomit-inducing moments, right? As, right, and then yes, do we get to a point where from a you know capacity issue or a utilization rate probably doesn't make sense for you know me to be doing these the ads? Absolutely. Are we there yet? No, not necessarily. Is there value in learning? Is there value in exposing myself to vomit inducing moments? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, because it's, it's a tear, it's a terrible feeling to be uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know if you, if, how you go about this stuff in your business, but you know, I, I sweat a lot of that stuff and I, Oh God, I mean, I'm like, Ooh, I gotta do this. And then and then I get in there and realize it's not so bad. I know what I'm doing. It's all right. we're just doing tests here, test A, B. We're doing, I got a hypothesis. I think it's gonna work. I go out and test it. I see what worked, what didn't. I change it for next time. Boom, like next, right? Rinse yeah. and
1: repeat. And yeah, that's a the great- highs are high and the lows are low with this for sure. And it's yeah. because you care so much. It's like parenting. The highs are high and the yeah. lows are low and you can't get those really great wins if you don't care. And that's why when things don't go your way, it really hurts that much more. Yeah.
0: And on the flip side, when it does go your way, it's so sweet. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, this is what I'm going through right now. I've gone through Oh, I bet 10 or 12 different Facebook ads and they flopped until, and so I keep iterating, keep iterating back. I'm going to change this a little bit. We're going to change a headline. Then we're going to change a copy. We're going to try some different photos. Like, uh, we're going to make sure, you know, and it's so interesting because now I'm like, oh shit. Now I, I understand it. I understand what works. And man, to go through 10 or 11 ads and to, you know, invest a couple grand in Facebook ads and be like, you know, loss, loss, fuck, shit, loss, <laughs> loss, small win, loss, <laughs> loss. And then all of a sudden you're like, that's it. And I'm that, I mean, oh my God, I would take, I would endure so many losses in order to have that, that one win where you're like, yes, so good, you know, because I think you're right. It's like the highs are high, lows are lows. And I think at the end of the day for me, that makes it worth it. Like, I don't necessarily, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what you, we start off this conversation by saying, like, you're like, I got real good at endoscopy. It was very routinized, like one in one out. We're on number 18 for the day. Like that shit's boring for those of us who are, you know, routine becomes our nemesis where we're like, huh. so, right. I mean, here's the other part. It's all your version of the good life. Yep. And that's the beauty of it. Right. I
1: definitely feel like I'm happier than I've ever been in running my own business. And sometimes I feel like I, I talk to a lot of people who are interested in getting into this. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm somewhat talking them out of it because I'm like, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard, you know, but in, I'm trying to give them a realistic picture, but on the flip side, I'm like, thank God somebody didn't talk me out of doing this because it was hard. And it was much more difficult than I probably thought it would be, but it it almost didn't feel hard because I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah. It's hard and it's worth it. Right. Right.
0: Yes, exactly. And so that's probably the key piece is to say, you know, yes, this is some of the hardest work I've ever done. And it's some of the most rewarding, the highs are highs, the lows are lows. And if the payoff at the end, if my win at the end is that I've worked Three years, four years, five years to create a business that you know is successful and creating a lot of opportunity in my community and it's creating economic impact for my family and my community. And I've got clients who love it and who are glad that I exist. Yeah, like I'll yeah, sign me up. That's the a good life. life.
1: Yeah, Isn't yeah,
0: exactly, so right. And then you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna take me four years to get there let's go. Right. I, one of our midwives she has a, um. she's Russian and she's like, in, the, in Russian culture, we always say the sooner you go to prison, the sooner you get out, which I think is hilarious <laughs> in general. Russian. Yeah, but, Right. But like, but isn't that interesting? Like, yeah, the sooner you start doing the shit show, the sooner you get to the end, like to where it could, that possibility, the sooner you get to where it could possibly feel yeah. like, amazing.
1: You have to be a person, I think, you do have to be a bit of a doer. I feel like to be an entrepreneur because the person who is constantly stuck in analysis paralysis and feels that it needs to be perfect, won't ever do it. Um, so there's gotta be a little bit of a level of risk tolerance and a little bit of somebody who is a person of action, um, to, to have success And that you then balance yourself out with the person that are around you or, your partner, whoever that's maybe like, okay, well, let's, let's think some of these things through as well.
0: Yeah. And I think too, you know, the benefit I think for our profession is that we have a lot of people who are naturally doers. They are the right, like whether or not you are the clicking the boxes, you know, um, giving meds, you know, uh, the, getting the ice chips, like the doers of the world. I think we have a lot of those naturally and who come into nursing because the reality is that, especially as advanced practice nurses, because I think the reality is If you are not a doer and you, you know, you'll eventually either get fired because your charts won't be closed or you'll get put on disciplinary action because you've not signed off your labs or your colleagues will despise you because you constantly go on vacation and leave your inbox, your in basket fucking overflowing with shit that you should have dealt with, you know, three or four weeks ago, right? Like many of us, I think, are those. And then I guess some of us have to just you know, improve upon that skill, I guess. There's always a mix. All right, Cassie, tell people, thank you so much for this conversation. Undoubtedly, this will have um I I know someone will listen to this and say, oh my gosh, I totally get it. And I and you've you've given us some pearls and I think a lot of things to think about. And I appreciate that. Tell people where they can find you if they desire uh more information about your training and then also information about the practice.
1: Yeah. Um I would recommend everybody, if you're interested in aesthetics, go to injectablesedu.com. And hopefully you can put that in like a link with the show. Um, You can contact me through the website or you can email me at cassie at injectablesedu.com is probably the best way. Um, and you can make, um, I do free 30 minute calls with anybody who's interested in getting into aesthetics and, um, I'll answer questions because sometimes all you need is that one person, there's a lot of perceived barriers or, um, just somebody to talk to that's been there, um, a little bit of mentorship. Um, it makes me think of, you know, like diet and exercise, we can all know how to diet and exercise and it's hard. It's like actually doing it, following through. Cause some people think that I'm crazy. Like, why are you telling everybody how to do this? And it's like, because um, there should be a roadmap to help people achieve their goals. It doesn't make it any um, any easier to do it. But if somebody's passionate about it, they 100% can. Um, but yeah, I just want people to know that I'm here. If you're interested, um, I'm happy to help. And I'd love to talk to you
0: you have a training coming up in october.
1: Yep, I got one in October and one in December for the rest of this year and I just put my new dates on for next year. And it's a max of 12 people. It's it's such a high quality class compared to what's out there like I feel really strongly about that. A lot of ongoing mentorship um and I I enjoy our community that we've built immensely.
0: Um and what's the cost of your um your program in October?
1: Uh, to do the hands-on portion, it's $1,650. Um, starting at the beginning of next year, it is 1800 And that includes all the online uh, didactic and the hands-on portion. I have a hands-on, I have a um, online-only option. That one's 699 for people who, oftentimes I get people who have taken a Botox class and they haven't gotten any of that business or ongoing um, help and they'll take the online only cause they're kind of doing pretty good on injecting Botox, but they really need the help with the business side and enjoy getting even more in depth clinical info.
0: Yeah. And I would tell everybody if this is the, one of the most well-priced, um, in terms of for, you know, if you are considering getting into injectables, this is one of the best priced courses with hands-on support, and a small group atmosphere, and somebody who, again, is teaching the clinical side of it and the business side of it, which is why we're going to have a conversation at some point about upping your rates. I saw your rate. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, this is so cheap, right? Like, This is so, it is so cheap. And so we're going to have a conversation. So if you are thinking about injectables training, you better get in with Cassie. Before Anne
1: gets to me. Before
0: I get to Cassie, because Cassie's not going to have these rates at this. These will not be the rates for 2023. And we're, we're, there's a conversation. so funny. And
1: it's held in my beautiful spa. You can see all the great decorating that somebody else did for me.
0: Perfect. That's perfect. All right. Good. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. you. And um, uh, remember you can reach out to Cassie if you find her on, uh, you can find her in the side hustle group if you guys are there too. Otherwise check out uh, Injectables EDU. It's a fantastic resource and um, been a joy to see you grow. And I wish you nothing but the best. And, uh, you. Uh, and it, if you have any questions, uh, reach out directly. We will have all of the links in the show notes. All right. Good to see you, Cassie. Take care.
1: Thank you.